10. Oh my God. It's exciting. Week 10 where, I mean, every, I think every week I say like, wow, we just keep moving on, but I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. so the IRS on take podcast, we are your hosts, Liam Spellman, Max Adams. Yeah. Um, we got a lot to uncover. we got a big blockbuster deal. Uh, happened in the NBA. Uh, we got Wednesday night football. It's the most 2020 thing I've heard of. And we're also going to talk a little bit about Nate Robinson getting dropped. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, how can we not talk about that fight? That fight was a spectacle and nothing more and nothing less. Uh, it's just so many weird things happening. So many big names. Um, we also got, we're going to break down the NFL power rankings to this point in the season. Playoff stretch is coming. Um, the witching hour of the, of the NFL season, if you will. Um, as well as we're going to talk about the the best quarterback to skill position duos after the week that Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill have. So we got a great show on deck for you guys today, and we hope you enjoy as you do every episode. Absolutely. Uh, for starters, though, we're going to start with uh, the NBA and uh, John Wall and Russell Westbrook trade. I, I mean, for me, I know that was wild. I did not expect that to come. Yeah, no, I thought they were going to at least give it another year. And uh, the Westbrook thing was he he va- uh, vouched for Stephen Silas, who they ended up hiring as coach. So mm. I thought that they were going to try to make that work. Um, it seemed to be all speculation and just like they weren't happy with the role that they had in, with Mike D'Antoni's offense, but Mike D'Antoni has gone. So I thought they were going to try to give it an, an extra year. And not I just thought Washington was going to give it another year too, because I yeah, thought they yeah. wanted to see what John Wall could do. Yeah, I mean, that John Wall is a big question mark right now because he hasn't played in ages. So yeah, it, two, it's like two full years. Yeah, it, it's interesting too because Harden Harden reportedly preferred Wall before Russ, which I doesn't make that. any sense because they've never played together before. So I mean, it seems that report kind of seems like a stretch, but yeah. I don't, I, I don't see why he would prefer him over over uh, Russ. Who who would you say is the is the better backcourt? Better backcourt of, the, of those two. Oh, of Beal and and West, uh, Westbrook and Harden or John Wall and Harden, yeah. I would say that Beal and Westbrook will, will gel better because John Wall's still not a shooter. You're still going to have the same problems you were presented with yeah. going into last postseason. I mean, Westbrook had a stretch where he was going nuts and really carrying that team, but that was when Jar- uh, James Harden kind of took a back seat and yeah. he didn't want to do that. So I think that the chemistry will uh, prove to be better because Bradley Beal can play off the ball and he's more equipped to play off the ball and right. used to it with John Wall being the main guy for the last five years or so before he went down. So mm-hmm. I think, and plus Westbrook has the supporting cast like he did in his MVP season. So I think the wizards are going to, I got the better end of this deal. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely. Especially in, I think you, you brought it up a couple of days ago or when it happened, like Westbrook in the East is going to, that's going to be very interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause that's- obviously the East is, is the weaker conference, but I, I like the, uh, the John Wall and Harden combo. It, Barring if John Wall comes back kind of to a similar player that he did when he when he wasn't hurt, because uh, that that could be a good mix and that, they could complement each other very well. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see where that moves. I I'm uh, I'm concerned for the Rockets just because I I don't know if I can call them a playoff team right now with yeah, their support especially the cast, especially in the West. Especially in the West, you got the Suns that up and coming. You got the Kings looking to make moves. You got a lot of guys that have taken a backseat in the West a lot for a lot of years that are going to look to make a playoff push. And I, the Rockets are seem to be on the cutting room floor of the West. I think I think every team in the West can make the playoffs except the Thunder. Everyone yeah. like except except them. Everyone else can can make it. So it's going to be. But the Rockets, yeah, I I would say they definitely got worse. But but I mean, with Harden, you obviously have a chance to make the playoffs every year. Yeah, they got rid of uh, Covington too. So they yeah, and they brought in Bookie, which is going to go well with John Wall. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the, the Tucker, right? PJ Tucker. 
Uh, yeah, the PJ Tucker's still there. Um, I believe Daniel House is still there. They yeah. got rid of Gerald, Gerald Green, which I didn't like. But yeah, the Rockets are a big question mark in the West right now. Yeah. Okay, I'm curious to see how that do- that goes uh, for for both teams, though. It's good. it's gonna be very interesting. Uh, but I'm excited to see. Absolutely. Um, and then and then when, let's move it on. Wednesday night football. I still can't get over that. We had a Wednesday night football game at three. Not even night. It was Wednesday afternoon, three forty in the afternoon. Yeah, it threw off my whole schedule because usually Thursdays, like I'll do homework, I'll sit down and watch Thursday night yeah. football, and I I couldn't do that yesterday because I had to go get a haircut and I had other stuff that I had to do. I didn't, <laughs> and it was at three forty in the afternoon. It threw my football wa- wa- watching schedule all out of whack. Yeah, I remember we were talking in our group chat, and then I was like, "Oh, like terrible throw by Big Ben," and Caden K- Maynard was like, "Wait, there's a game going on right now." Like you, you, you totally forgot about it. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, I- Wednesday afternoon football. Yeah, I had to remind my barber because they got they got a TV over there and they got their fire stick whenever they didn't even have it going on. I had it in my uh, like in my hand on my phone and I was like, yo, you know, there's a game on. Right. Like and I was talking about RG3 and he was like, wait, yo, there's a game on. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it was the big they moved it from Thanksgiving. It was talked about like, are you not following? Hello? Yeah, I guess not. But let's let's talk about the game itself. I mean, obviously, the Steelers won. Uh, they're 11 and 0, which is. I remember, I remember I had a hot take early, early in the year that said there would be an undefeated team this year. Uh, I, I still have still have hope in that, but I, I don't know. I'm curious to see how they can end up. But, I mean, 11-0, that's that's no slouch. Yeah, they're hanging on by a thread. I think if RG3 might have finished that game or if that tight end, whoever the hell filled in, that Hayden Hurst-looking guy, um, yeah. uh, catches that ball at the end of the first half, they lose that game. They end the game with 19 points. Yeah. So I, well, you I, said RG. I wanted to see RG. I that's your boy. I wanted to see him play well. I obviously he didn't. I, he didn't play to up to what we both wanted to. But I would love to see him kind of go off. Yeah, I I was I was pulling for him. I was rooting for him the whole way. And then uh, it kind of sucks to see him get get like minorly injured, and he's out again this week. So Trace McSorley is at the helm against the Cowboys, which sucks. I really <laughs> wanted to see. Him. I need more RG three in my life. But is, um, is Lamar out too? Definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. as of right now, okay. uh, unless that game gets moved again, which I don't think it will because yeah. like they can only move it one more day. So I don't, I don't think Lamar, it's looking like Lamar is going to be out for a second straight game. Like you saw with Cam Newton earlier in the season where he got COVID, he missed two games. He had to come back after, after two tough losses. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, RG three did, did decently. Obviously he didn't throw for much, but he was good on the ground. He mentioned yeah. well, I, I, that's all you can ask for from a guy that hasn't really started in two, three years. And they're playing against a 10 0 team at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One last thing I got to add, too, is uh, the Bud Dupree injury is going to, that hurts. That yeah. hurts. You're already down Devin Bush. That linebacking core is now down to TJ Watt and a bunch of no names. So yeah. I, I'm that, yeah. concerned for their for their um, undefeated record. They have a tough matchup, I think, this week with the, with the football team. I think mm. that that's a lot better than advertised matchup. Yeah. Mm. That's a good point. Uh, then our third thing, uh, we're going to talk about boxing for a second. I mean, that's that's the first time it's been brought up in the show, really. Well, we talked about it last week with the sh- the fight happening, but mm-hmm. I mean, I know I know we both watched it, but but Nate Robbins, that, it was just so funny to me watching him box. Oh my god, holy hell, was this a spectacle! Like um, the Jake Paul fight. I mean, I I kid you not. Before the start of that fight, I I looked to both my mom and my sister, and I said to them with a straight face, if I was a betting man and I had the little amount of money that I had right now. I would put all that money onto Nate Robinson and then overhand, right? Slumped. It was, yeah. that was one of the worst takes I've ever had. 
that was, was, that, was that was horrendous. I think my hate for Jake Paul kind of got into the way of like yeah. what really was about to happen. Yep. So I would have uh, good the thing. I'm not the, the first round of the fight looked like they were like just they Robinson was hugging him. Like they had no idea what was happening. Oh my god, I thought it was a prom. I thought it was the <laughs> they just won they just won king and queen. Like yeah. it, it was unbelievable. Oh, but he really he really didn't Nate Robinson didn't even stand a chance. I mean he he tried to go go into the body a little bit, but but once Jake Paul would start building those haymakers, it was he literally went to sleep. You could tell that Nate Robinson, even though he's he's claimed to have been training for a while, had never had a real fight that wasn't like in the streets of some hood in like California yeah. ever. He ran at him like full sprinted and like went to tackle him. And I was like, Nate, we're not this isn't football, this isn't basketball. There's no need to really be that quick on your feet right now. Just yeah. like steady. Keep it steady. Although, like, I don't have to be a be able to like be a boxer but right. i like even that i know like you just approach him and like just you don't run yeah no i do i do give him props for getting in the ring i'll give him props for that but i mean he was he turned into a meme yeah no an overnight meme and it is very very unfortunate given what jake paul said before the fight how his kids shouldn't watch it and blow and he turned out to be right and yeah. i i hate that yeah. so that's that's unfortunate, but yeah. we got to talk about the main event too. Uh, Tyson, first of all, was baked this entire fight. Yeah, um, did you see the interview before? The, I know the we talked about before and after the fight. He was making goat noises. <laughs> after the fight, he said that I'm happy with the tie, man. Uh, the crowd was happy. The crowd was happy. I, there was nobody there. There was nobody. It was just a broadcasting booth. There's nobody the, there. The goat noises. I literally, I was watching my dad. I was laughing so hard. I was looking down because I was like waiting for the fight to start. And then I hear that. And I was like, what the hell, Mike? Like, what are we, what are we doing? Oh, God. Like, uh, somebody. The, the fact that that fight was a draw, though, was just, I did not like oh, that. Like, that Tyson was, clearly won. That was not a draw. Even with Tyson baked out of his mind, Roy Jones Jr.'s ribs, all broken. There, he's yeah. full of Drew Brees right now. He, yeah, he's, st- he's still body shots. Out. The only shots that that Roy Jones Jr. really landed was like when he the the look away ones where he was like just throwing right. out a jab without looking. He was hoping not to get decked. Like that was the only thing he did that entire fight. Yeah, yeah Tyson clearly won that. I, I was kind of mad that they gave it a draw, but I mean, I guess it makes sense. Just maybe, just for the heck of it, because it was an exhibition. But still, I mean, it was really cool to see. We saw a Mike Tyson fight. Yeah, yeah, I can say that I saw a live Mike Tyson fight at 19 years old in 2020. So. Yeah. Pretty cool. Something I definitely couldn't say before. No. All right, so that does it for the kind of the three big things that happened this week. Uh, then we're going to go into our, our two-minute drill. La- last week we had a different kind of order, but we're going to go back to our original order and uh, go into the two-minute drill. Yep, let's do it. It was week 12. Let's go. We start in Detroit where turkey legs weren't the only thing up for grabs as now the Lions head coaching job and GM spot has freed up. Someone get Rex Ryan on the phone. You know he'll want both the turkey leg and the job as Will Fuller had the juice on and off the field, chasing Matt Patricia to the coaching graveyard and himself to his couch as he waits for the roid rage to wear off. Houston 41, Detroit 25. In Dallas, Antonio Mel Gibson sure did look like a brave heart as he dismantled the Cowboys defense for three touchdowns. I'm sure Gibson was thankful for the big holes his line was giving him on turkey day because he was screaming, freedom as he ran right through football football team 41 cowboys 16 and foxborough where what cooper manning is to the manning family is what offense was to both of these teams irrelevant and disappointing 229 yards of passing between both of them that's less than garrett gilbert has on the season 
but the Pats just pulled away at the end as Nick Jonas Folk gave the Cards a reason to be jealous as he kicked the game-winning field goal 50-yarder as time expired. Arizona 17, New England 20. In Cincinnati, all the rumbling and tumbling caught up to Daniel Jones as he was forced out of the game after he tweaked his handle. But galloping Wayne Gallman came to the rescue with 94 rushing yards and a touchdown. The G-Men stayed atop the worst division in sports, the NFC East, at 4-7. and seven. Giants 19, the Bengals 17. I don't know if I'm going to get through this one. <laughs> in Jacksonville, where, where the Browns arrived with a chub, and then they Kareemed all over Jacksonville. The Cleveland dominance on the ground came continues. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb combined for over 200 rushing yards, while the Jags and James Harden Robinson keep taking steps back as a franchise. Jackson 25, Cleveland 27. <laughs> in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers' revenge tour continues to flourish as he threw for four touchdowns with four different receivers. A.A. Ron continues to shove his play in the faces of his haters and telling everyone that and telling everyone that Jordan Love is going to need it to find a new home because they won the call of King in the North, ain't going nowhere. Green Bay 41, Chicago 25. In Atlanta, where Dion Roy Jones Jr. delivered a knockout blow early in the second half, recording a pick six, putting the Dirty Birds up for good. And so much so to the point where we had a Nathan Peterman sighting. If you can't tell from that, this wasn't much of a game. Atlanta 43, the is six. In the Meadowlands, there was the good, the bad, and the ugly. There was the good, the Jets scored first. The bad, that was the only points they scored. And the ugly, they're still 0-11. Uh, not even good old Clint Eastwood could have saved the Jets from this season. The Dolphins 20, the 0-11 Jets 3. In Mile High, where Jameis Winston was the only lone listed QB standing, so it's quite the crab leg to the face kind of move that he didn't see the field not one time, as Ken Kendall Jenner Hinton claimed more than NBA players <laughs> Claimed more NBA players than completions by a lot, actually, as Taysom One Tree Hill came back for, for custody of the utility QB guy position. Saints go marching. New Orleans 31, Denver 3. In Buffalo, we saw the return of Austin Eckler. Little to no one's surprise, he returned to the workhorse role with 25 touches. But it was the Bills who came up on top, at, top on this one as Josh Woody Allen was directing traffic all the way with two touchdowns and a big victory to keep the lead in the division. The Bills 21, the Chargers 17. In the City of Angels, where Sean McVay must have took the week off from the analytic nerd club as his team was clearly not prepared for this game, as Debo Samuel snatched Jalen Ramsey's chain, ran all over him for 133 yards with it, and didn't care that his grandma gave it to him. San Francisco 23, LA 20. In Indy, there was a coronation that was held. The Colts bowed down to King and crowned Derek King Henry the crown because they were sure couldn't stop him from conquering the field. I mean, that dude ran for 140 yards and three touchdowns in the first half. Somebody got to, get, got to get King Henry on the sequel to Game of Thrones because not even the mother of, mother of dragons will be able to stop him. Titans 45, the Colts 26. In Tampa Bay, where Mike Chris Evans said he can catch TDs all day. Two of his three catches were such. It was all for naught, though, as Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill made it known to everyone that they're the best duo since Instagram models and the Phoenix Suns as they combined for over 700 yards on the day. Kansas City 27, Tampa Bay 24. In Minnesota, everyone deserves a second chance. Chad Beebe almost cost the Vikings a win because of the muff pump, but, but instead he redeemed himself with a game-winning receiving touchdown. I love a good revenge story, and Chad Beebe Gunn sure did that for the Vikes. Vikings 28, the Panthers 27. In Philly, where Carson Wentz continues to fight off Jason Jalen Hurts as much as Brett Favre fought retirement. He kept his job, but the Seahawks and DK Metcalf turned big play slay into no pay slay, tearing him up all game, racking 177 yards on his head. Seahawks take this one, but spread betters aren't going to let this one go without Doug Peterson's head. Seattle 23, Philly 17. 
In Pittsburgh, after a long and confusing week, the Steelers remained perfect at 11-0. On the other hand, the Ravens and reigning MVP Lamar Jackson sure looked like looked like to be on the outside looking in come playoff time. A lot sure can change in, in one year. Steelers 19, the Ravens 14. All right. I like that. Uh, I like the Chris Evans one. That was good. Yeah, I figured you would like that one. That's your favorite. I knew that was your favorite event. Sure. Captain America, baby. I knew you were going to be all over that. <laughs> but I mean, some takeaways. Uh, I know we brought him up earlier, but I mean, Tyree Kill, that man had one of the best games I've ever seen in my entire life, honestly. The, yeah, the first that, quarter itself, he had what he had seven catches, 203 yards, yards, and two yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. Ridiculous that line. Um, I I don't know what's happened to the Tampa Bay defense, but that they yeah. exposed them to the maximum of capacities. They look terrible, and they might not make the playoffs after such yeah. high hopes after a star-studded skill position uh, room. It's quite ridiculous how far they've fallen. I think they're they're currently the sixth seed. I think right now, as as of right now. Uh, but obviously that can, that can change. There's yeah. seven five, I believe. So who who knows? Especially in the NFC. I'm trying to think of who's in the hunt in the NFC. I know the Niners are. I uh, know Niners, the Cardinals. Are. Cardinals. Cardinals are still um, in the hunt uh, officially now after the loss this week. Yep, and then um, the Vi- the Vikings, the Bears, they're five and six. But I mean, I this, but the I think the Bucks are going to get in. Um, but but just by the skin of their teeth, honestly, like they're not going to be a top four seed like everyone had planned. Yeah. Listen, if the Niners upset the Bills on Monday Night Football this week, the Niners could very – they get Jimmy G back, I think, next week or the week after that, and they could very easily sweep that from underneath Tom's legs. Very yeah. easily. So, yeah, I, I – that's a must-win game. The Anyone in the NFC West can, can pretty much win. Like, that, that division is scary. Yeah. I, I, I said it in our group chat this week, but is it bold of me to say that whoever wins the NFC West will represent the NFC? No, not at all. I mean, literally, any, any of the teams can literally make it to the Super Bowl and, and for the right line, kind of win. I mean, the Cardinals and Niners, the Cardinals and Niners, like because you, you know the Cardinals don't have the experience and the Niners are hurt. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, no one's going to want to play them, really. Yeah, I mean, in the last two years, I didn't even think about this. The NFC West has represented the NFC in the Super Bowl with the Rams and the Niners. So, I mean, who's next? Yeah. Or are we going to see a repeat offender? Good point. Good point. And I mean, the Seahawks, the couple years before that too. Yeah, yeah wow. so they're they're common fixtures and representing the NFC. So that'll definitely yeah. be interesting to see. I think the only teams that could really have something to say about that are the Packers and the Saints. Yeah, no, you're right because they're the only two teams ahead of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then speaking of the Saints, my my last takeaway right here: uh, Alvin Kamara is pretty much a non-factor with Taysom Hill right now, which is insane because before Taysom Hill was the quarterback, Kamara was honestly one of the best players in the NFL, regardless of position. And yeah. it's crazy. I wrote down some stuff. So he, his rushing has kind of been the same. Like he, he's not been a big rusher, even though he's a running back, he's more mm-hmm. been a receiver lately, mm-hmm. but his, his two games, Taysom Hill, his first game, zero catches, second game, one catch for negative two yards. Like that, that was baffling to me. Yeah. I mean, they won both of those games though. So I think the only people that are probably a little upset about that are at fantasy managers yeah. because we're in fantasy playoff season now. Right. And um, probably Alvin Kamara, I would assume. Yeah. And that's really it. I mean, yeah. as long as the Saints are winning, I'm sure he's not going to openly complain about it. But fantasy managers are, are beating their head against the wall right now. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I took I took two big takeaways from this week. One, um, COVID turns like good matchups into absolute monstrosities. Mm. The the Titans Bills game earlier in the season was awful. 
the Chiefs Pats game earlier in the season was terrible. And then this week with the Broncos and Saints game, that was horrendous to watch. And then the Ravens Steelers was a very underwhelming. So I, I just COVID has turned like what we think will be great matchups or one of the best matchups of the weekend to basically obsolete in afterthoughts. And it's, yeah. it's very especially because they're they're moved to primetime games too. And you're, you're just excited to watch, but then it's always, it's like, oh, this game sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That game was, was terrible. And like, I, I was, I actually wanted to watch the Broncos this week because I was interested to see what Kendall Hinton was going to do. So did I. I was so disappointed. I watched the first quarter and like, I, I stopped. I was like, all right, cool. This guy's playing, but yeah, this is a terrible game to watch. I started him in um uh, in another fantasy league. Did luckily, you really? Yeah, luckily I was up like 80 points. He finished with negative two and a half. He finished with negative, really? Oh, yeah, because he had two picks, yeah. I was thinking that I was going to get the Taysom Hill finesse move, and I got nothing of the sort. Yeah, the opposite of that. And then my second big takeaway this week is um this was the week of backups. Uh, we had Trubisky, Peterman, RG3, Trace McSorley, Kennel Hinton, Mike Lennon, Colt McCoy, Brandon Allen, and Nick Mullins, all wow. starters, all wow. starters this week. And yeah, that that's the biggest amount. It was a lot of fun games to see like those kind of guys get into. But I mean, the only people that won this week were was Nick Mullins. And if you want to count Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy, but he came in with a lead. So, I mean, the one that really won the game outright was Nick Mullins for some reason. I don't know how he continues to, to make us like get into Re- game. Relevant. Yeah. With- yeah. I don't, I don't know what that's about, but yeah. I, I'll take it uh, any day of the week. I mean, we're still in the hunt. So, I mean, yeah. we're still, we're not dead. If we would have lost that game, we would have been dead. Yeah. No, that's all you can, that's all you can ask for right now, especially with the team, with your team, with all the injuries, they are still alive in week 13 is, is impressive to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of Colt McCoy too, Daniel Jones's injury is a lot bigger than people think. Oh, I, I, that's massive. Especially with the Giants in first place now and they play, who they got, we talked about this. They, they got, got um, um Seahawks this week. Seahawks, yeah, that's because that's me. Uh, I Where, I can't see them winning without Jones, but I mean, even with Jones, would have been hard. But yeah, that's a big, big loss. Yeah, I mean, they if they could compete with Tampa Bay, I would like to think that they can compete with the Seahawks, just because like on on paper, they're the Seahawks are a worse team. Obviously, the Tampa Bay record is what it is. But yeah. I mean, uh, where are they going to score? How are they going to score? They have no Saquon, mm-hmm. no Daniel Jones. Who's going to get people the ball? How are they going to get down the field? I have, yeah. I, I have no idea. And then an NFC East where the, the football team is heating up now, that's that's worrisome for Giants fans. Yeah. The good thing I would say with the Giants is that the football team does play uh, the Steelers. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a kind of a – most likely both teams are going to lose, but I think both games are going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so, going into some of the so Week 13 matchups, uh, NFC West matchup right away, uh, the Rams-Cardinals, that's a huge game uh, for both mm-hmm. teams. Yeah, I'll take the Rams here. I'll take the money line here, and the uh, over/under is forty-eight and a half. I'll take the under. Past two weeks, the cards have not been good, and all they have really done, all they really have, is their offense. And when they're not clicking, there's not a lot of hope from them. And the and the Rams have a very good defense. I see them doing more of the same. Uh, I actually think I, I picked the Cardinals actually because they didn't play well at all last week. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of going to be a a good game for them, especially with them needing to stay in the hunt. I think I think Kyler Murray gets back to kind of what he was playing uh, in a tough game, but I think I think the Cardinals are going to pull it off. See, my thing with this game is the the uh, McVay and Aaron Donald and Jared Goff—they've all been there before. They've been in playoff races. They know yeah. what they need to do when when they need to do it. 
So I, I see Cliff Kingsbury kind of folding to a far superior coach in Sean McVay. That's not a bad point. Uh, then the Sunday night game, uh, Chiefs-Broncos. I mean, I got I got the Chiefs. No, yeah, nothing no, I don't really think we need to spend a lot of time on this game. Uh, Chiefs are favored minus 13 and a half, over and under is 15 and a half. I'll take the over and I'll take the Chiefs money line because 13 and a half is a very big number. But there's not really a lot of analysis that we need to put forward here. The Chiefs have a far better team than the Broncos and we don't really need to say much more than that. Nope. Uh, two Monday night games, actually. So we got the first Monday night game is, is the football team in Steelers, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's both. I think it's going to be a close game, but I got, I got the Steelers going 12 and 0. Trap game. All I, I got Washington in this one. I took Washington. Really? I took them against the spread. I'll also take the under. I did not like what I saw from Ben in the in the offense this week, um, putting up only 19 points to a Coven ridden written Ravens team I thought they should have did a little more with that they look very stagnant they look stagnant two weeks prior to that too where they're just barely squeaking out wins to teams that they should blow out of the water so I was gonna say one thing you did say your trap game last week was the Packers Bears and that didn't pan out so maybe I I think I'm three and one in in call trap games because I've called called two of the Bucks losses and I think I called another one before that and then there was last week, so we're not going to talk about that. But, uh, I mean, I, I got to believe that Jack Del Rio is going to send his dogs to get in Big ben, Ben's face all night in that front seven. Um, and That's, that's how they're going to win. Yeah. So that's their only hope of winning, and I don't think Ben is going to have a lot of time to throw. And I think this is going to be a very low-scoring game that Washington can can definitely pull off if they, yeah. if they put out all their chips in the right places. They're playing well. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that, but I think I still think the Steelers are just gonna they're gonna find a way to pull it out. Yeah. Uh, and then another Monday night game, the the Bills Niners, huge game for your Niners. Like we've already said, uh, I know I got the Bills. I'm, I'm assuming you got your Niners. I, I gotta go Niners here. I, I everything tells me that the Bills are gonna win this game, but I can't go three straight times of having the the Niners and the Pickums and not picking them. I it hurts my soul, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Um, give me the Niners money line, give me the over 48 and, uh, we're just going to cross my fingers and hope for the best, uh, uh, we're in Nick Mullins hands now. So big, big game. Uh, and then lastly, we got another Tuesday night game, uh, happening. we got the Cowboys, uh, and Ravens. I have not been with the Cowboys ever since Dak went out. So I'm going, even though the, Ra- the Ravens aren't good, I'm going with the Ravens. What do you I think? also went Ravens here. Um, the over-unders to be determined, but I once that under over-under comes out, you should absolutely span the under. Absolutely. Um, I took the Ravens money line. Uh, my notes say that I think RG3 was going to get them this game, but uh, he's not playing. So I Trace McSorley is definitely more of a question mark, but he did throw a touchdown in one of his drive, yeah. pass attempts. So, I mean, Maybe and they get next... Mark Andrews back, I think. Yeah. I want to say they get Mark Andrews back. They have their running back core back. Um, cause they were eligible to play on Wednesday. They just didn't cause they didn't practice that week. Um, but I, I don't think the Cowboys are going to, um, pick themselves up, especially after a, a crushing loss on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Me either. Uh, so that is for that. And then we're going to do our against the spreads. Uh, for me, I got the, I got the Cardinals, uh, uh, plus two and a half. So they're, they're obviously the underdog, but I think, like I said before, I think they're going to pull it off against the, the Rams in a, in a tight division game. But I think, I think Kyler Murray kind of has his big game despite the Rams defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, my against spread pick of the week is uh, the Texans have the Colts this week. I took the Texans plus three. Uh, the Texans have covered the last three games and are starting to click offensively. Sean Watson is also completing 65% of his passes in those games. They get Randall Cobb back, but they lose Will Fuller. So I think Brandon Cooks, who is experienced in the number one role, um, will take on the Will Fuller role. 
and um, they I, that game screams that they're gonna they're gonna get themselves back into it. And the Colts have failed to cover um, in two of their last three games. So I I don't see them. I see this being a close game, and I, I think if the Texans don't win, they'll cover. Okay, like it. Uh, then for our parlays, uh, I'll do mine. Uh, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do Colts Texans. I'm gonna go with the under there. Uh, the under 51. I'm gonna go there, and then the Bills uh, to cover. Uh, plus plus one and a half, and then the, and then the Raiders to cover. I and that's, it's a eight and a half spread, but uh, I think the Raiders kind of throttle the Jets after a brutal loss to the Falcons last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. That's a big bounce back game. I uh, my parlay. I have the football team plus eight and a half, the Seahawks minus ten versus the Giants, the over for the Bears Lions game at forty four and a half, and the over on the Bills 49ers game. Uh, like I said before, no Jan- Daniel Jones, no Saquon Barkley. The team isn't going to get down the field to score. Um, Seahawks um, are a good on- enough offense to really cover a minus 10 spread. The football team, as I just alluded to, is going to keep that game to a minimum of scoring. And they're going to, it's going to be a close game in my opinion. And then the over and bears and lions uh, Trubisky starts this year. The bears have scored 27, 17, 23, and 25. Three of those are, uh, top three scoring games this year and the Lions score uh, plus didn't score 20 plus uh, only one time this year when they got shut out against Carolina and then the Bills Niners game just screams points so I, I I think that that will win you guys a lot of money and I think that'll serve to be a, a very good bet I like it uh, and and with that uh, that concludes our uh, uh, episode 10 for the Irish Take podcast so thank you for listening I hope you uh, hope you enjoyed and uh, catch us back next week Mm-hmm.